In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the greatest wrestling podcast ever. I mean, I figure as long as we're referring to above average stuff as the greatest ever, I might as well you know, get on that bandwagon. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I am the greatest podcaster ever. We're going to have a lot of the greatest ever jokes <laughs> in this episode, I think. I, um, this could be, y'all drink your haterade today, so I see where this is going. Also joining us, the nice guy from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on? I'm sorry for being so nice, guys. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. It's sorry. your boy. Don't all. It's your not quite the greatest, but I am the greatest, most hated, and I'll take that tagline. It's your boy, Justin JLB, Mr. RCMP, whatever you want to call me, guys. Just don't call me boring. I am great. Awesome. Awesome. I'd like to remind everyone. The greatest podcast ever, because I am. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. I can't argue with it. I can argue <laughs> with the greatest wrestling match ever, but we will get to that. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone, Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and, of course, doing the obligatory like sharing and subscribing and all of that jazz, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out all the other shows on the network and then come back and listen to us for more stuff. Do it. Do it. Just do I it. I feel like I should say something about be- that being the greatest podcast network ever. The greatest. I think I'm obsessed. I, I yeah, that's that's one way to put it. So most of this episode is going to be talking about backlash because that's what just happened. It's fresh on our brains, and and uh, you know we're gonna go over and what happened. That greatest it, match ever, and had the greatest wrestling match ever. WWE told us so, and they can't lie. Um, <laughs> but I did have at least one crime to get into. So before we actually start talking about let's, backlash, yeah, let's talk criminal. I'm going to talk about a crime, and the crime is against WWE for just this week deciding, despite the fact that he'd been keeping Raw watchable during a global pandemic, they're going to demote Paul Heyman out of his his leadership role there and replace him with Bruce Pritchard, who'd been doing SmackDown for the last, I don't know, four or five months now. Um, I can't even remember because I don't really feel the desire to watch SmackDown anymore. And that's just a crime. Now, Heyman has his issues. Heyman likes to go back to the Attitude Era sort of stuff way too often. And I'll be the first to to call him out on that and, and complain about it. But for the most part, during this time, Raw has been entertaining. It's been better than it had been for a long time. And... That's mostly because Paul Heyman has faith in some of the younger card, younger guys, uh, the Ricochets, the uh, Andrades, the Apollo Cruises, you know, these up and comers that 
WWE needs to build as stars if they're going to continue to to last and produce stars in the next 10, 20 years, right? Um, in many ways, it's what W. It's really what WWE had to do to win the Monday Night Wars, right? Because while WCW was still relying on the stars of yesterday in Hogan and Macho Man and, you know, all of those, Bruce the Barber, Reefcake, um, Flair even, even relying on Sting, who was still, you know, relatively young, but he was still one of the old guards Established. There. He was established and all that stuff. And WCW really wasn't working hard on building that next generation. WWF at the time uh, said, hey, you know, let's start building some new guys. Let's bring up the Triple H's. Let's bring up the Rocks. Let's bring up the Stone Colds. Let's let's make these guys stars, you know? And yeah, they still had their Undertaker, you know? But then they In brought WCW's out... WCW's defense, though, remember, they did create a star who now gets a million dollars a match. So... Yeah, they did a little so, something, something there. So, so one, but then they had they had stars like Kidman, uh, Jericho, uh, who they let Jericho, go, Chris Benoit, who they let go, yeah, they let go, Eddie Guerrero, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had they had a whole lot of a Rey Mysterio, yeah, yeah. They had a lot of these like young up and comers who now. We look back and we talk about it as the greatest of their times, you know, or up there. I mean, no, you know, people legitimately talk about Jericho as the GOAT right now. I don't know if he's the GOAT 100%, but he's definitely up there in the conversation, right? Um, he's in a position like LeBron's in. Flair still exists. And so it's tough to take. The, I mean, somebody's actually been named the GOAT at one point in history, so... Yeah. Well, and that's the deal. Is it, it's it's one of those, you know, we can have the conversation, we can argue all about it, but in the end, uh, people who were up and alive and watching Flair in his prime, uh, Flair versus Steamboat, things like that, um, are never going to back down on Flair being the GOAT. And uh, connected, people who weren't watching at that time and are only watching since in the 2000s and so... Uh, are going to be like, I don't see what's the big deal about Flair, you know, but Jericho's the GOAT. Um, and it's the same thing, and, and guess what? In 20 years, there will be another wrestling star that people think is the GOAT, and and we'll have the same conversation. I mean, assuming I'm still around to have the conversation. Knock on wood. Um, I felt like that was not wood. That wasn't, well, it was probably pressed fiberboard. I mean, it's mm. like cheap furniture, but it was indeed wood-type nope. product. You don't jinx yourself. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hashtag still not sponsored. Sorry. Yeah. And it was Target, by the way. <laughs> sorry. Anyways, sorry. No, still no, not that's, sponsored. That's JLB's job to say sorry. Yeah, my job. Don't use my words. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, could be so, aggressive there, Canadian. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> back off, man. Chill. Um, but in, anyways. Give me one time. That's my whole point is that, you know, uh, Heyman had stuff going on and he was w legitimately working on building the new stars. Um, you go over to SmackDown and and they haven't been so much about I mean, the the top feud on SmackDown is is Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, really. Um, and this is nothing against either of them. They're both excellent wrestlers, but 
both of them are old guard stars now, you know? Both both of them are past their air quotes prime, right? Uh, yeah, you've also got Braun Strowman versus whoever comes after him. Um, in this case, it was Miz and Morrison. Um, but again, Miz is still kind of an old guard star. We love him, but he's not the young up, up and comer, right? Um, they put their best tag team, um, well, their best young up and coming tag team in heavy machinery, and they put them, uh, split them up in a feud with Ziggler for reasons, you know? Um, and that's the deal is it's like uh, SmackDown has been the same old, same old. And this probably plays a lot into why Vince wanted to do this was because SmackDown is same old, same old, and he's comfortable with it. And Raw was at least, under Heyman, was at least trying to move forward and, and be something new. And yeah, he still did, you know, dip into that Attitude Era Paul Heyman playbook a few times. Puppies! Uh, yeah. And that was, that was a little hard to watch at times, but it still, it was better than it had been for a while. And then they come along and they're like, nope, nope, we're going to put it all under Bruce Pritchard. All of it under him. Do you think that might be the reason why Jerry Lawler isn't on Raw? No. Um, like a Heyman decision that he wanted Jerry Lawler there, and then Vince is like, no, Heyman, I'm bad enough. You're not getting Jerry Lawler there anymore. Or do you think that was just the whole ramen noodle situation? I, I think it was probably the opposite. I think Heyman probably fought against Jerry Lawler being there, um, but Vince wanted the old guard sort of uh, representation there. Um, I think in the end, pulling Jerry Lawler was probably a choice from a bunch of uh, directions, including the fact, including the ramen, you know, joke, for lack of a better term. But also, yeah, he he wasn't up on the product really, and and it, that makes it hard to be on commentary if you're not like current with the product really. Um, and you know, Jim Ross uh, on AEW. Then the first I don't know, month or so, he was a little hard to listen to at times because he was wasn't up on the product in AEW, you know. And that was a brand new product. He didn't have to yeah, schedule a, a lot of time to watch back tapes of it. But so so I mean, it's tough when the, these older commentators get thrown into the mix on this, and and I get it. But I I can't help but think that Heyman was. Um, more on board with getting some young, fresh voices in it. Because, I mean, keep in mind, Heyman, he's the he's the guy behind Joey Styles being the the voice of ECW, right? Uh, he, he understands that to get a younger fan base, it's important to have someone that the younger fan base can kind of identify with on commentary. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Tony Schiavone on commentary on AEW, but I love him because he reminds me of the 90s when I was watching originally. Uh, but there's a reason that Excalibur being on commentary is, is a good thing. Because he's younger and he brings in a little bit more of that younger feel to it. Uh, and I, he's just also super informative. Yeah, he's also really, really knowledgeable on the product. Um, so, and that's why, you know, I... I'm not 100% down with the commentary teams on either Raw or SmackDown. I think they're not great overall. I think adding Samoa Joe to the Raw commentary team is a good thing 
overall. But I, I do think it's just going to take some time for them to really get their feet underneath them. And the problem is, much like Husker head coaches, uh, commentary teams don't tend to get enough time to really get their feet underneath them. It's either sink or swim pretty quickly. So, Yeah, and you probably shouldn't make a reference to our local football team that nobody else understood. Oh, they, they understood based on my reference. Not the reference to the team, but based on me talking about how they didn't get any time because the Husker football team is kind of notorious for not giving head coaches enough time to truly show what they're capable of. Oh, you've been here three seasons, you're fired. You know, in France, they don't probably watch American football all that much, and that's our number two listened to country, so. I'm I'm 90% certain it's VPN, but. Oh, uh, I wouldn't disagree, but I'm just saying. Uh, just because I was looking at the statistic and all 50% of it come from one city in France, and I... I can't believe that there is that many people in one little city in France, like getting oh. together to listen to this. And so I'm betting it's a VPN gateway. That's is it a small town in France? Um, it's not like Versailles or Paris? Yeah, or... it's not. It's not a big city. I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. Um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. My point still being, uh, that you know you got to give these teams, uh, the these teams like the commentary teams uh, a little bit of time to get their feet underneath them and you can't just shuffle them out um but going back to the original crime it's just you know there's value in changing the blood every now and then there is but changing the blood to bruce pritchard is not the direction he should be going no because bruce pritchard's the blood we know he's 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 overseen creative for the last 15 years like i'm I'm not saying brother love's a bad dude i'm saying brother love is brother love and that's 1988 bud you know exactly i mean it'd be like if they uh wanted to bring in michael hayes to to book you know Ooh, better still have michael hayes all of a sudden have a new up-and-coming tag team yeah yeah he could be the new 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 pre we could call him the the i don't know something boys yeah. anyway moving forward fabulous so, fraggles the the city fabulous that, fraggles. fabulous fraggles even better the the city that the um thing uh in france that all the listens are coming from is a population of 1200 people oh my so yeah I'm relatively certain that's just a VPN data center that goes, but that's fine. Well, we're we really heavily liked in that town. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, we're super popular in that town. I'm more betting that it's uh yeah. mm. So wherever you are listening to us from, whether you speak French or not, welcome. Anyways, I just I'm just <laughs> a little angry with with just the whole firing of not firing because he didn't get fired but the whole demoting of paul Heyman, it just it seems like this is just a perfect example of vince being vince again right and you know in some ways i think paul Heyman lasted longer than i kind of expected him to uh because especially considering how quickly they did away with bischoff Mm -hmm. but you know he was actually doing something that was was at least watchable um, reports have come out recently, like yesterday and today, that he had been bringing up concerns about with these 
empty arena shows, and I say empty meaning no fans in attendance, that it's really hard to tell if someone is legitimately getting over because you can't hear a crowd reaction, right? Um, and even the crowd that they have, it's all wrestlers who who are in on the joke, for lack of a better term. And so they cheer when they're they're supposed to cheer and they boo when they're supposed to boo. And that doesn't tell you whether uh, a character's actually getting over. And he's got a point to it. Like, I'm 100% behind Drew McIntyre right now. But I know if you go to Twitter and you search for Drew McIntyre and you you watch, you know, read through the responses to Drew McIntyre, that you're probably going to find it's about 50-50 with people not being down with Drew McIntyre right now, thinking that his gimmick is is cliche and, and that he changed from heel to face too fast and now he's lost all of his heat and so on and so forth. And that's the, the thing. Without having a crowd there, you don't hear that pop. You don't hear that, you know, response to when someone comes in. It's legitimately something that's tough to take uh, advantage of. Um, and it's something that AEW is dealing with, too. You know, they're they're watching really closely on ratings to see, like, for quarter hours, what is is making an effect. And, you know, they're noticing that uh, viewership goes up considerably when Orange Cassidy comes out. So you've been seeing a lot more Orange Cassidy coming out. But but is that directly because people are behind Orange Cassidy or is it other things playing into it? Like the timing of it, it happens to be at right the half halfway mark, the start of the second hour. And so people are flipping over already to see what's happening. Who knows, right? And without having a crowd there to really judge on, it's really tough. It's probably really tough for the performers not having a crowd to judge on because you know, when you're out there putting together a match, hearing that crowd reaction can tell you, maybe we need to change something. Maybe we need to speed up the finish or or I need to do something to get more heat on the bad guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so then you whisper, you know, bite my ear or something. And then the bad guy bites your ear and then the crowd goes, ah, horrible guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But that's, yeah. that's something that Heyman apparently brought up to Vince and whether that played into him getting demoted or not, I don't know. But yeah. it just We don't even I, know if it's cared. I mean I I can't it's, help it's but safe to say that Heyman wasn't giving Vince what he wanted. Give me what I want. <laughs> oh, it's probably gonna be in my head. Nice that's gonna nice be my done. <laughs> Give me what I want. But, you know what I want. Give me what I want. <laughs> but th- that's the deal. I mean, in the end, there was apparently fighting back and forth with, you know, Heyman wanting to push some of these younger stars and Vince coming in and vetoing them. Apparently, according to reports, at least one of the matches on Backlash had its ending changed be- directly because of Vince after announcing the change. So, do we know so which that- one? I don't know which Lashley. one. Wouldn't be surprised if it was Lashley. Um, I we do know that at least reportedly that that's why the Andrade versus Apollo yeah. Cruz match got pushed to the kickoff show, despite the fact that it was announced weeks ago, and the Street Profits versus Viking Raiders match was just announced like yesterday, and you'd think <laughs> they'd throw that on the kickoff show, but. <laughs> Yeah. You don't even have to throw that on. You could just run that cinematic online, so I didn't have to watch it. Yeah. 
And that that's my crime. Do you guys have any crimes to go into? Well, I mean, I, I guess on that note, I, I, I am happy at least uh, Hikaru Tozawa was on a pay-per-view. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I will give kudos to that. I am not happy, though, that it was during a comedic segment, which went nowhere and doesn't do anything for Akira Tozawa, but at least he was still on the pay-per-view, and hopefully he gets a lot of buys from it because he deserves all the money in the world, and he's awesome. We'll talk a lot about Who was, just out of curiosity, before we start going into sequence, um, who was was the giant ninja? Anybody got any guesses? I'm not sure I even know. Yeah, I don't know, because he was, like, really tall, and I don't know any of tall... Well, there is a... In uh, there was an NXT developmental. Oh, yeah, uh, that tall black. Yep, I know who you're talking about. Uh, but I I can't remember what his name was. Uh, yeah, he's in scary. NXT or is it the performance center? Jo- Jordan. Oh, geez, I'm gonna butcher this last name. Amogbahin, who is seven foot three. Oh, that sounds uh, about right. Oh, so that would be... Gonna be poor guy's gonna be thrown into a ninja gimmick. Sorry about your career, bud. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, that very well could be him. I'm looking at some pictures. Of course, we couldn't see like him at all, but from a body shape, it looks very similar. Anyways, but but so the... we'll I talk just... a lot about that cinematic match when we get to it because it was. This is the greatest cinematic match. No, see, see, we said above average could claim to be the greatest, and that one was. (laughs) This is the greatest bad cinematic match. Touche. I also have a couple of misdemeanor, um, and one of them we'll talk a little bit more about during the talk about backlash. Um, And so for that, I will say uh, misdemeanor for... Uh, having wrestlers in the crowd do the typical crowd chants like this is awesome um, or fight forever. It's it's no bueno. It It's bad. Fans gotta choose that, man. Yeah, it's it plays into what we were talking earlier about with the, the wrestlers in the crowd can't give you legitimate responses because they're in on the joke, right? And so when you hear the NXT wrestlers in the crowd go, this is awesome. We know that there was some producer who whispered it to someone saying, hey, start chanting, this is awesome. And that's not organic, and that's not not bueno. It's no bueno. No good. Stop it. No. Did you end up chanting that for any other match aside from the greatest match ever? Uh, I heard it at least once someplace. I can't remember what the chant was at the other time, but it was something like that. Uh, I think it was This Is Awesome, and I think it was in the Lashley match. Yeah, it might have been that. Um, but it's it's just like, just no, don't. Just no, 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 no. I mean, I gotta be honest, I kind of don't even like it when the fans chant it half the time, right? I really don't like Fight Forever. Yeah, like, do we really want to see anyone fight forever? I wanted to see Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura fight forever back when they for, for Forever? Forever. I, I still want to see it. Yep. For, forever? Wouldn't even go on piss breaks. I'd just piss for, a little myself and for, Forever? Forever, ever? Forever, ever? 
And because the, here's the as good as every wrestling match is, their their best moments are always the finishes, right? Because that's that's the crescendo. That's like like I've got soccer matches that I enjoyed watching um, up until minute eighty nine, uh, and then you see someone win or lose, and that's the crescendo, right? Um, that's when everything goes yeah. And that's the deal is, you know, I don't care how long a match is. I don't care if it's a 60-minute Ironman match that goes into overtime. The the key to wrestling matches is a finish eventually, right? So I don't care how great the match is. I don't care if it's Okada versus Omega, um, their seven-star match. If it continues into hour number three, it stops being a seven-star match, and it starts becoming a six-star match, and then a five-star match. And eventually, I don't care how great they are, you lose interest. And you go, uh, if they die in the ring from continued wrestling, it's no longer enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, and here's the deal: half the fun of wrestling is watching that wrestler then wrestle someone else, right? Watching if if Omega versus Okada continued on forever, we never would have got to see Omega versus Jericho, right? True story. Which was a great match. Uh, we never would have got to see uh, Omega versus Allen Angels. Anyone out there's head explode? No. Oh, Anyways, but uh, I don't think uh, I don't I don't think Cornette listened. Yeah, most definitely not. I mean, if he's still listening after the crap that we've said about him, then hey, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> how are you? Hey, how are you? Would you like to guest guest on the show? It would be bad. Yeah. So go to Patreon. That's how you guest on our show, Cornette. Exactly. Top tier on Patreon. You can come on anytime you want. <laughs> um, so, so that's that's my thing with the uh, wrestling's chanting. It's not organic. Like I say, I don't like it. I don't 100% like it when the fans do it because to me, they often end up taking away from the match. They also often end up chanting, this is awesome at moments that aren't really awesome. Um, Best holds are awesome. Yeah, they it, it, so often that the chants are more like "Look at me now, pay attention to me now," instead of actually based on the match. But it's even worse when it's pre-scripted by the the producers and said by employees. Right? It takes all of the impact away. They're not employees; they're independent contractors. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Oh, I take it all back. Do it all the time now. <laughs> and then my other misdemeanor, and this will play into later, but I've, I've we've done this before, but a misdemeanor against injuries. Because yeah. there's reportedly an injury that happened in one of the matches that we'll talk about later uh, tonight. But also, Chris Statlander today announced that she uh, suffered a high-grade tear on her ACL on dynamite this week and will miss significant time due to her injury there and injuries she just say suck. that in alien or in english she said it in english well specifically specifically someone else reported on it and she quote tweeted it and said well i guess since it's out i'll let everyone know so she was trying to keep it secret a little bit longer but it came out but but injuries suck and you know i mean unfortunately there's nothing we can do to ever like 100% get rid of them. Uh, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether it's the you know, professional wrestling or football or soccer or 
basketball or baseball, injuries are going to happen. Um, but they always suck. And they always seem to happen at the worst times. Like, Statlander was getting ready for a big push, you know? Mm. She was obviously right up there in their plans. And, and they were doing a lot to try to build a feud between her and Britt Baker for when Britt Baker came back from her injury. And now, what's going to happen? Although it would be pretty good to see a uh, cinematic wheelchair match between the two of them. <gasps> I'm so excited at that possibility. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, if I started singing, I'm so excited that I just can't hide it. I would not stop and say, I'm so scared. That's how excited I actually am about that. Yes. Usually I have to stop and say, I'm so scared. I'm so, I'm so scared. <laughs> Just... Say by the bell, 1990s, just so everybody knows there's a quote being done there. So so that's my my misdemeanors, because I just had to get those out there. Uh, injuries suck. Go away. You're not welcome here. But does anyone else have any misdemeanors? No, man, I'm ready to review uh, a show. Like, that's on my on, head. To the review of WWE Backlash for 2020. Uh, the kickoff show will get right into it apollo cruz versus andrade on the kickoff show we talked about it yeah yeah hey ko good to see you yeah. bud like that's, kevin owens that's... <laughs> top yeah. kevin i don't owens. like i don't it's feel like anybody got their just desserts there that was a better match than several on yeah. the actual uh pay-per-view and uh and how man. do you put a title match on a kickoff show i get they've been doing it for a hot but like, oh my god! It just well, at least it wasn't missed. the women's tag titles again on the kickoff show, or yeah, the cruiserweight it's... championship because they moved that to NXT so they can put it on that kickoff show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the developmental kickoff show. Yeah, um, it doesn't even make any sense though. How do you have your titles on a kickoff show? This match is was you know like whatever we we've seen them fight before. Uh, but it was a decent match. It easily could have mm-hmm. been on the pay-per-view. I would have been just as excited. You could have put the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits thing right on the kickoff. Do a little cinematic thing. Or, have or just fun not with do that. it at all. Yeah, don't do the Viking Raiders and Street Profits. Here's the deal. All right. We've been, I don't want to say spoiled, but in a way spoiled by kickoff shows for a long time, right? Uh, go back to the 90s. Did any of the pay-per-views then have a kickoff show? No. No? No. If they did, the closest thing they did was uh, WWE's Sunday Night Heat would lead into the pay-per-view. So that was kind of a kickoff show. Yeah. But it was still legitimately WWE Sunday Night Heat, right? So there's that. It was that. actually no. still a wrestling show. It was still a wrestling show. So, so I should do something at least if you're going to do a kickoff show just to begin with do something on fox or on usa network make it a like a thing that people can or watch facebook live or something or, live. or i don't know uh youtube there seems to be yeah. a certain pissant t-shirt company that does that gets and then success out maybe of. people go and buy the network if you can hype it up just enough during that kickoff show mm-hmm. maybe somebody goes and gets the network or maybe. i don't know just don't do kickoff shows anymore if if the best you can do for a kickoff show is a bunch of talking heads and then throw one of the matches that should be on the main card 
down to the kickoff show, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to really do. I mean, it's become an aftershock, so, afterthought. Or shock. Uh, or shock. Aftershock. Uh, <laughs> it's become an afterthought. Then why even do it at all? You know? Uh, raise your hand if you tune into the kickoff show to watch Talking Heads talk. I don't really see any hands up. Uh, most. That's, that's because we're not face-to-face. Yeah, mostly because it's an audio show, but I'm willing to bet that there are very few hands up in the audience. No, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if I wanted to see CM Roberts talk and pretend to be a heel commentator so that maybe he can gain some relevance, you guys can tell I'm not a huge Sam Roberts fan. <laughs> um, you know, I, I guess I, I would probably, I don't know, go to his Twitter or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, the simple fact is we've got already multiple hours each week of wrestling talking head shows, right? We've got WWE backstage. We've got The Bump. Legitimate shows that are talking head shows, not wrestling shows, right? So honestly, even doing like The Undertaker's Last Ride before the pay-per-view might actually bring in more people for the actual pay-per-view as well because those who know the undertaker which attitude era before the attitude era and whatever people will be enthused into that and then boom last ride finishes hey it's backlash okay i'll stay and watch a little bit of backlash kind of deal yeah and kick it with thing match hey extra points for vocabulary today good good job with enthused I feel like it's enthused in quite some time. But but that's my point is... I know English is your second language and Canadian's your first, so good job. (laughs) The the first word they teach in Canadian is sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I thought it was A, but fair enough. Hey. Well, that's that's just the alphabet. Oh, okay. Like... Like like the old uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. How do you spell Canada? C A N A D A. That joke before, for sure. Oh, this is the greatest podcast. <laughs> so, so ever. That's my point. Is we've got ever. we've already got plenty of talking head shows on on wrestling. That I I gotta be honest. I don't even watch them. WWE backstage, nah. WWE the bump, nah. Right, because because that's not what I watch professional wrestling for. Mm. I yeah. if I want to see talking heads talk about professional wrestling, I'm gonna go to Wrestle Talk's YouTube channel or uh, What Culture WWE's YouTube channel or watch Simon Miller do ups and downs on on What Culture or watch his own channel. You know, I mean, there's plenty of talking head shows about professional wrestling we're one of them we just don't put it really on youtube because we're lazy like that so but <laughs> back to the match um since you didn't mention simon miller i want to give the match itself it up i mean it was it was good to go. it was a good match yeah, yeah. Good match. could have been a little bit longer maybe uh just to show well, off an because... hour-long pre-show you'd think they could maybe fit it in but that's the deal is it's like you know you got two legitimate super athletic guys right Andrade put on some of the best matches that NXT ever had, and Apollo Crews has freakish athletic ability, right? So you give them a little bit extra time, you know, could have been a lot of really cool stuff that came out of it. But uh, you did have Kevin Owens kind of save the day uh, by stopping Angel Garza from interfering. 
Uh, so that sets up Kevin Owens being the super good guy still. Um, and I'm assuming down the road we'll finally get the full match Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. But for now, we'll, I mean, I assume we'll see Kevin Owens versus uh, Angel Garza tomorrow. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Yep. That would be fun. But it's going to be, it was a good match. It set up at least some good storylines. It just is mind-boggling that it was on the kickoff show. Right. Um, moving on to the regular show. That's the other thing. You have an hour-long kickoff show. You put one match on it. Yeah, well, there was kind of one or two matches, and it would always be at, like, the 30 mark. And then each well, match would be, like, The last 10. three kickoff shows have had one match on them, and it was short each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE, you're not giving us what we want. Give us what we want! That's right. Well, you know what very- I want. <laughs> that was very uh i don't know that was like scottish mixed with a little english I don't know. yeah I, know. I don't i don't do it great dave nope it's fine but, you're clearly not giving us what we want it's cool they are not uh one of the things that we did want that was a bad segue but i'm moving on uh <laughs> women's tag team championship match bailey and sasha banks the champs defend versus the iconics and Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. And I really feel like uh, as long as they've been tagging together, we really need to come up with a name for Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Um, And I felt like, you know, calling them Bliss Cross or uh, Cross Bliss or whatever would have been so cheesy. So I felt like they didn't want to go that route and they just gave up. (laughs) We're not creative, so screw it. They could go with Alexi. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lexi. Or Bloss. No. Lexi Cross. Chris. Chris. There we go. Chris. I like it. Anyway. I mean, anyways, anything would have been better than the Boss and Hug Connection, because that was a horrible name. Oh, thank God they're both heels now. Ugh. So before the match, he had Caleb Braxton asking Banks and Bailey if their friendship would survive if they lost the tag titles. And they both brushed it off as a stupid question because it was a stupid question. Um, eventually, yes, we're going to have the Sasha versus Bailey feud, but it's not going to be based off the tag titles. I can guarantee you that. As much fun as it would have been, you know, we did it on Fantasy Booking. We talked about it. Not the way it's going to be. No. So th- this match, though, has, uh, has, has uh, some high points, some low points. Some... I tuned in late, so um, I'm really looking for more feedback from you guys on it. Because it I match. started the show late. It, it was nice because it was a legitimate three-way tag match. Right. I didn't like so the roll-up was a little different at the end. Yeah, it was dumb, but it was but, I guess, the way they had to do it. But yeah, I mean, I was glad that it was different. I, I was glad that it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't what? Just another schoolboy. Yeah, yeah. This was. It was actually, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is that Drew does type thing. But so I was just happy that it was legitimately a three-way a tag match because so often WWE likes to do these three-way tag matches, but then say the rule is only two people in the ring at a time and any person can tag any of the other tag. Yeah. A, a, a real triple threat versus mm-hmm. not. Um, and you know that, I mean, legitimately, I'm just asking this as a question. If you were in one of those tag matches, where there were three or four tag teams, right? But only two tag teams could be in the ring at a time. Why would you ever tag anyone other than your own partner? That's it. 
you just wouldn't because if you tag someone other than your own partner now you legitimately have no way to win the match but that's the whole point too though right because technically it has to start with two people in the ring that are against just against each other so ideally speaking you would never get in that scenario because no one would tag um their partner in the ring to face each other you know what i mean kind of style I guess uh, I, that makes sense because it, it's also kind of like if you're in a handicap match for the title, why would you ever tag your partner in? Yeah, geez, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about that later. It might make sense to talk about. It might. We might. We're going to put a bookmark in that and come back to it later. <laughs> but anyways, no, this was this was a decent match. It featured, you know, everyone got a good chance to shine at one point or another. Um you know, it was nice and high, high paced, high, fast paced, high pitched. I don't know. Nice, fast match because of speaking of high. Holy cow. Since three women were legal at all times, there wasn't a whole lot of like downtime, no rest holds at all because you couldn't really rest because someone else would come in and knock your block off. Um, but in the end, Alexa Bliss was able to hit the Twisted Bliss on Peyton Royce, but when she went to do the cover, Sasha Banks scooped into the ring and did kind of a roll-up uh, and, and pinned Alexa Bliss for a three-count. It seemed a little fast of a three-count to me, but it obviously wasn't storyline supposed to be fast, so yeah, I don't know if that was just... I don't know if that was the ref just counting a little bit fast because, you know... Time constraints. Time constraints or whatever. I don't know. But in the end, Sasha Banks and Ale- Sasha Blanks and Bailey retained the tag championships um, by pinning Alexa Bliss. Um, so, good match. I enjoyed it. It was, it was fine. It yeah. was good. I just maybe... I don't know. I think I would have enjoyed it maybe just a tad bit more if it wasn't the kickoff necessarily. Because that was one of the matches I was really, like, just wanting to see. And although, yes, I got it first... I would have maybe have liked to have seen it kind of in the middle of the card. Right. Again, it's like there's another tag match later on that would be better suited in not the second to last match. Yeah. That is a world title match, so you're not going to put that at the beginning either. What? No, the second to last match was uh, was uh, the the Street Profits match, wasn't it? That was after the world title. Snap. Right. Yeah. True. Okay. My bad. So, anyways. So yeah, a fine match, you know, way above average, right? Yeah. I, I think the the phrase above average is going to be the overall rating for this pay-per-view. It was above average. Um, moving on, we have uh, Jeff Hardy I versus I would give Sheamus. it the greatest pay-per-view ever. That's just me. Well, that's uh, oh, probably what WWE would like to rate it as. <laughs> so Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Of course, they had to show a big video package of all of the lead up to it including the face full of piss now i knew that there was going to be conversation about a face full of piss on this com this podcast yeah usually it comes up more organically yeah i knew i was say i knew it before there was even a face full of piss on backlash i was just like oh yeah we have to talk about a face full of piss we're going to talk about oh wait it's wrestling related actually wow (laughs) (laughs) plot twist (laughs) (laughs) so um i do want to point out you know just going back to smackdown and the face full of piss uh that we're talking 
how much did Jeff Hardy drink that day? <laughs> and that was a lot. I did not make any so. That's the important part. It was a lot. And, dude, you're a professional athlete. You need to hydrate more. That stuff was... That was yeller. Yeah, that was like honey. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely apple juice to the core. Like, it was too, like, apple juice color. I was like, really, guys? Yeah, hydrate supposed to be a light straw color. It was a face full of piss is what it was. So, yeah. It's just not the type of piss I like to in my and At the same time, I look, I actually enjoy their storyline. I thought they did do it for, they did build it up. Whether you like it or not, they built it up even before Hardy was there with his comeback, with his comeback uh, vignettes and so on. Um, it's just vignettes. Uh, vignettes. I'm I was about that. to say that. I'm about to have to write that one down. That's going to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I get out of the shirts. No, and and that's what I'm saying. Though. Like, um, just it was poorly executed at the end. It was weird because it was a good storyline. I wasn't a whole fan of them using his real uh, trials and tribulations and his demons and all that and so on. But whatever. Uh, it ended up. I ended up enjoying it. It's just it was unfortunately poorly executed in re- in terms of the match because for some odd reason although i was invested in the storyline i still didn't care about the match um which is weird to me and i don't necessarily know why but i enjoyed the storyline at the same time i just think maybe because they're just i don't know wasn't enough they did just because they're also really old now necessarily i don't know they're just i wasn't just a fan of the match it was just kind of like oh, okay let's just see what happens i enjoyed the match okay um in the end kind of like i was saying before these are two people who are past their prime years right more so jeff hardy Sheamus, as i say i think Sheamus might still have a couple more prime prime time runs in him I don't know if Sorry. he's got prime Sorry. runs, but he's he's not as far. Uh, Jeff Hardy's the one who uh, is, and I, and I hate to say this, but I mean, Jeff Hardy, not only has he been doing it a long time, but he has put his body through hell, right? More so than many other wrestlers. And, and it's kind of one of those things where you look at his brother, Matt, who legitimately didn't do quite as many of the crazy stuff, right? Um, but Matt has definitely changed his wrestling style especially in AEW to be a little bit less hard on his body right yeah and that's something that I think Jeff is going to need to do I also I was watching this and I thought to myself that it's funny that uh Jeff has never ever really changed his wrestling attire like even when he was Willow he still came out in basically the same clothing just Willow mask you know Mm. Well, and so the other thing that I think Jeff maybe would need to learn to change to be able to reinvent himself is to be able to cut better vignettes. Yeah, maybe some better vignettes. Am I saying it wrong? Is that what this is? Is that what I'm making fun of? Yes, it's vignettes. Vignettes. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Vignettes. There's some silences that I'm not doing. I really think that vignettes is probably the way it should be in this real world life now. Yep. And from now on, I'm we are calling so it Vic happy Net. about it. <laughs> Vic Net. You're Anyways, welcome. Uh, no, but this was, I'm not, I don't want to dog this match. It was a decent enough match. I just, every time I see Jeff Hardy come out in those, like when Matt Hardy comes out in those pants, it's because he's doing a throwback character, 
when Jeff Hardy comes out in those pants, you think, did he just buy an absolute shitload of them back in 2001 and just still has them? Yep. He's like, crap. About 36,000 of these. I have not even halfway through them yet. Jeff Hardy is sponsored by, um, by, uh, uh, what's Boo-boo? the goth show? No, what's the goth store? Oh, Hot Topic? Hot, Hot Topic, Topic doesn't even doesn't have that stuff anymore. They don't have the mesh shirts anymore? Not really. They've moved to more pop punk now. Because goth got too mainstream. So I think I finally realized what it is. I think it is just honestly Jeff Hardy's character. Because I enjoyed Seamus's part and I've enjoyed their interactions. But at the end of the day, although yes, Jeff Hardy's still a pretty decent wrestler and so on. I just don't care anymore. Like, you have not changed in 20 years. And I'm done with you kind of thing. I, I think that's kind of the reason. It wasn't a bad match. It's just I just didn't care for it. Like, I just didn't care for the match itself. But it was good enough for, I guess, whatever. A greatest match ever pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, that's it. There were some good moments to it. The, I do want to at least give a special shout-out to Seamus for that brogue kick on the outside. That was great altitude with his foot. Yeah, I mean, it was it was altitude. It was timing to be able to get up and do a brogue kick to someone mid-air jumping off one of the barricades and hit perfectly like that. And do it safely. And safely, he yeah. On, on the offside shoulder from the camera. It was fantastic. Yep, it was fantastic. So it was, it was a great, all, overall a great match, above average, you know? Yeah, it's above average. Um, I have a feeling that a the storyline isn't over. That Sheamus and, and Jeff Hardy are going to fight at Extreme Rules. I also I can't help but wonder if this isn't kind of trying to lead up to a new Jeff Hardy character, one that's maybe a little bit less rooted in nostalgia, and and giving him a chance to to move forward and maybe I don't know, not cut his facial hair so douchey. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but but who knows because in the end Seamus defeated Jeff Hardy uh, and and then left and Jeff Hardy looked all I don't know what's Jack- going on anymore so yeah, yeah that well, too I thought dejected was a better term but your whiny um, insulin yeah. photocopy of the actual actions is way cooler mm, yep well done yeah it was the greatest whiny <laughs> uh, representation of his actions ever. <laughs> Moving on, the match we were all looking forward to: Oscar versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's. I think this <laughs> match turned out better than I expected. Yeah, I love that it was short too. It was short. Like um, yeah. I don't necessarily know if I like the ending, but at least, at least the right person won. Because yeah. well, uh, the right retained. retained. Yes. Um. Oh, I should say because here's the deal: is in the end, um, it doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Try so. Wow, this anyway. is like one of our greatest ADD episodes of all time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, in the end, we're still trying to build Oscar as a champion. Uh, because for a while. Because she didn't win the belt technically. Like, yeah, she won the belt at Money in the Bank. But that wasn't, she didn't know it was a championship match. That's all storyline to cover up for the fact that Becky had to leave, right? Um, and, and in reality, you know, once they 
knew that Becky was pregnant. They knew they couldn't put her in a match to have her lose the belt. But that handicaps Asuka as a champion. Because in the mind of the fans, no matter how good Asuka has been over the years, she didn't win the belt, right? And so to, you know, put her out there against Nia Jax, you have to have her win. And yeah, she can win through being just wily, uh, hitting the hip attack on Nia Jax and then diving onto the ring apron and and win, you know, sort of a thing uh, in a double count out, but win, retain, right? Uh, well, the first time she went for that, that cross arm uh, lock, man, the, the, those were good. The one where she had Nia draped over the side to do it. I mean, the match as a whole, I thought it was it was better than a couple of others. So I like that Nia, that Nia was dominant, and I like that Asuka was aggressive. But I'm also scared the fact that they ended it that way is just alluding us to Nia winning it at a bigger pay-per-view against Asuka is my issue. I don't think Nia's going to win it. I think... Uh, Oscar's going to defend it at Extreme Rules, and it's going to be in some sort of a oh, it'll be a Kendo stick match. match. It'll be a Kendo yeah. stick match. Yeah, Kendo stick. Yeah, Kendo stick. Yeah, it was a ramen noodle flip match. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me being racist. That was me making fun of Jerry Lawler. I just want to make sure I point that out here. Ramen noodles on a Kendo stick match. But anyway, so that's. That's 100% what it's setting up for is is it's going to be some sort of match. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was like a no count out match, you know, so that uh, Asuka can't sneak the the retain retention that way sort of thing. But it's it's going to continue. But in the end, like I said, we're still establishing Asuka as the champion. So we have to have, get some big wins. So, um, But this was probably... In my opinion, the worst of the word match. It was outside the ring. Yeah, fall down anywhere. Um, you know, no, like, no DQ or no count out, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, this this was probably the worst match of the night, and I'm making sure to use that uh, in word because the worst segment of the night was technically a match, but it really wasn't a match because it never entered the ring um, wait a minute you're putting this behind um the women's tag match yeah i'm putting this lower than the women's tag match i thought the women's tag match was good yeah i love the the amount of, of aggression in this it was a very aggressive match i loved it but yeah. that's just me and i'm not saying it's 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 bad bad i'm just saying that of the matches in the night it probably was the worst um not by a huge amount ahead of the match before it like the jeff hardy match like i'm sorry Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not sorry i apologize i'm not sorry that's canadian you leave that to to canadians (laughs) yeah i know but i i would say the jeff hardy sheamus match was worse than the Oscar match because I, I was I, surprised. So I did, I did, no, I'm I'm not saying that there was a huge difference, but if if I were to give a number grade uh, on a scale of one to ten, 
I would probably have put the Jeff Hardy Sheamus at a six and this at a five and a quarter, maybe five and a half. I think that you're a sucker for nostalgia and don't like new up and comers like Nia Jax. (laughs) Where's the mute button? I'm going to find that. I muted myself. It's all right. Um, (laughs) Anyways, but no, it's it's. This match was really just about setting up the storyline for a future match. And that's part of it. Yeah, there was some some good aggressiveness for it, but it was also really short. And I don't know, it just didn't really do much for me. So um, so like I say, for me, it was the worst match of the night. But I'm making sure to point out the word match because there is a segment that technically is considered a match later, but really isn't a match that was by far the worst of the night by far the worst thing they've put out all year. But yeah, uh, worst cinematic worst thing they put out all year. Lana and Lana and Lashley's wedding stuff. Yeah. 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 Worse than the NXT parking lot brawl cinematic was. See, and I didn't 100% hate that. I there were problems with it, but I didn't but this the thing that we're going to talk about later I hated. But we will move on to the Universal Championship. That's right. We're halfway through the pay-per-view and we're having the Universal Championship match. There's I mean, if you can have the US Championship on the kick show, uh, kickoff show, then you know what? All bets are up. Yeah. There's three more matches after this. Again, using air quotes around matches. Um, The Universal Championship is not even one of the co-main eventers. Braun Strowman in a handicap match versus The Miz and Morrison. And earlier in the show, uh, Miz and Morrison were told the news that whoever pins whoever is the Universal Champion solo. There's not going to be co-champions. Because they were all talking about teaming up to co to, to pin and then be co universal champions, but no. So if Miz pins Strowman or Morrison pins Strowman, that person is the universal champion. Which oh, big surprise, placed into storyline in the match because then there's a place in it where one of them goes for a pin, the other one stops them from getting it because I don't want you to be champion. And then oh, goes, oh crap, what have we? What have I done? Yeah. So, but there's a ton of really good to this match. The open was fantastic where they did the, the, the music video. Uh, and that's my way. They have to stop uh, interrupting the music video. Yeah. I don't, I said it before. Sure. I don't know why that's not their theme song to enter to the ring. Yeah, it very right. well could be. Just have to and they could, the they could thing. recut it every time. Yeah, the, the verses. Yeah. There are writers at WWE who rewrite that song regularly. So in the end, handicap match, which meant tag in to fight. So Braun Strowman was only fighting against one person at a time, officially. Except for the the five seconds they have to. Yes. Now, there was still plenty of double teaming and and because Miz Morrison are heels. So, of course, they can, you know. Um, But yeah, no, uh, it got to a point John Morrison tries to make a pin and Miz breaks up the pin and then looks like oh my goodness I can't believe I just did that oh geez I'm so sorry and then helps Morrison to pin but that gave Ron Strowman enough time to recuperate enough to kick out of the pin and then 
That closer, um, that move that they did though to that what it should have been Strowman was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I mean, awesome. It was like the the skull crushing finale with with uh, a Morrison drop. kick in in Did it think? somehow. Yeah, yeah. drop kick. Um, but in the end, Braun Strowman hit his power slam on on Morrison. Morrison and pinned and retained. So I I will also give props to Morrison. He he by far looked like the best performer in this match by Let's leaps and bounds. <laughs> so you know how I said in my opinion the Oscar was like a five and a quarter. Um, this one would be five and a third. Just really? barely I above enjoyed it. this match. Just barely above it. I did oh, not. My gosh. I did not. I would have put this as the as the second best match of the night, maybe third. Like, yeah, I would go that route too. Honestly, uh, Miz, not Miz, but Morrison looked phenomenal in this match. Oh, and happy. Yeah. I think I would have probably enjoyed it better if the no co champions uh, twist was not announced before the match. So that like, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, or more specifically, like they get into the match and you can see them setting up for the, you know, co-champions. And then you have Tom Phillips come over the, the PA saying, I've just been informed backstage that. So then it hits them in the ring, you know, that they one of them's going to have to pin and win. Yeah, would have liked uh, that. Yeah, that would have been I, a better. They also teased uh, Otis cashing in the money in the bank contract. And that could have helped a little bit more to have, like, maybe Otis come out and sit ringside, you know, for the match to really hit home that he has the money in the bank briefcase and he can cash it in if he wants to. Um, But they didn't really do that either. So I don't know. This match just didn't do anything for me. I mean, I like John Morrison. I think he's phenomenal. Miz is always entertaining. Braun Strowman is Braun Strowman. Um, so I thought that this was the opportunity to take the title off the indestructible, um, king of the world type character and, uh, and put it on a guy who really probably is worthy of having the universal title at some point in his career and, and is aging quickly. So yeah, they could have done do it. the parkour stuff. That's it. And they could have nicely have done it in this situation too, to give it to Morrison kind of thing and they kind of still do funny little gimmicks here and there and they're the champions and Strowman is still coming after them it could have set something up entirely and it would have wouldn't have made anyone look bad as long and as it's Bruce Pritchard as long as it's Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon booking you're not gonna have Braun Strowman lose it to Miz or Morrison it's gonna be a Haas battle where Braun Strowman wins it or loses it or it's gonna, it's gonna be a cheap shot. Or a cheap shot. But that's that's why having that's why it surprises me that they put the money in the bank on Otis, because Otis is a face and Braun's a face, so you don't have that is he gonna cheat and, and see and that's also it. part of the reason I thought this is a good opportunity for for them to create a heel champion now. But so that this is where well, I mean unfortunately, you know, you have Elias who's injured legitimately the whole Jeff Hardy's storyline was to help write him out for an injury, but he would have been a perfect sort of heel character. He's big enough that, you know, putting up him up against Braun Strowman could have looked relatively 
legitimate. And then he could use heel tactics and all of that stuff to win because he's he's never really established himself as a heel or a face. Just kind of is. So I think I think Corbin could also be that guy at some point. Corbin, we know we know he's gonna wear the strap at some point, and why not have him take it off of Braun? Like, oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It I it's like it's like I'm having brain freeze, but I haven't ate anything cool. I mean, who are you gonna have to take off? You're gonna have you're gonna have Roman. You're gonna wait seven months till Roman's healthy again, or till Roman. You're gonna have the black ninja take off of Braun. <laughs> the black ninja is he gonna be the one who takes it off of Braun? I mean, who the fiend? Oh, we've already talked about the fact Actually, that you don't want the fiend in, in title matches. Actually, I have an idea who they might be building up to uh, take. Who, this also might have been who was the ninja, come to think of it. Um, reports have it that uh, Dominic Dijakovic is being pulled up to the main roster. And he the is a very tough. From what we could see, but A, <laughs> do we really put it past WWE using a little bit of blackface? Uh-huh. No, his arms were black. He, he was using a little bit of black flesh arm. was black. You could see his flesh using a little bit of black arm. Jesus Christ. I mean, I wouldn't put it I'm back to say you're wrong That's my point one. is 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 I put it out there as a joke, but you can legitimately see Vince McMahon saying that's OK. Just paint his arms black. No one will notice I, what I can more legitimately see is Vince going. Oh, yeah. Well, we can just have him be that ninja guy. And ignore the fact that he was black at one point. So, but that's the deal. It's, I I think it's more likely the other guy. Don't get me wrong. But once again, Dominic Dijakovic is reportedly coming up to the main roster. He is a heel. He is a big guy. I don't necessarily think he's ready for the Universal Championship, but he is the big guy that I could totally see them putting straight into a feud with Braun Strowman, um, and then heel tactics maybe winning. Um, because, you know, at the moment, we really need to get championships on some heels, in my opinion. Because uh, of of all the major championships, the uh, the only one that's on a heel is the women's SmackDown. And when she got it, she wasn't a heel. But So, anyways. But, yeah, Braun Strowman wins. Yay, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Moving on to the WWE You hated champ. Backlash, I can tell. Oh, my God. It was, it was above average, but, it, I mean... I I mostly it was better than SmackDown. Bad. I I'm mostly feeling bad because I gave NXT last week all the crap uh, because I have such high expectations for NXT and I had mediocre expectations for this and it was mediocre and so in a way this exceeded my expectations but it still was meh it was just meh 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 all right fair enough um 